This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Uh, not too, too bad. Um, I have not seen this movie in a long time. I haven't seen it since theaters. I saw it in theaters with a big group, and then I saw the second one also in theaters, and then I haven't kept up with any of the rest. I saw uh, this one randomly. It was like on television, I think, and then I saw The Nun... Uh, when I was just dating my wife um, at a drive-in, so we didn't see any of the nun. And uh, from what I hear, we didn't miss anything. I know Annabelle is like a thing. Never seen any of them. I might have seen Annabelle. My dad likes the Conjuring movies a lot, and I feel like really? he was watching it, and I caught bits of it when he was watching it. Yeah. I mean, I know what it looks like, you know. Well, here's the thing, which uh, we're doing The Conjuring, yes, yes, from 2013, directed by James Wan, but Annabelle, you said you know what it looks like? Yeah. Here's the thing, it doesn't look like that. The real Annabelle doll is a no. Raggedy Ann doll. And they couldn't get the rights to use the likeness of Rad Raggedy Ann, so they used this. Well, yeah, would you give... Look what happened to the good guy, the buddy dolls with Chucky. They'd be yeah. stupid to give the rights to it. Yeah, really. Alright, so, yeah, directed by James Wan. This is the reason I kind of wanted to cover this. One, like, the haunted house possession genre is a huge genre that we really have barely ever touched on. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's a reason for that. Because I'm not the biggest fan of that genre of horror movies. There are certain ones I like, like Antneville Horror. It's pretty cool. But I'm the, the same way, part, yeah. Yeah, um, for the most part, I see it's like, oh, it's a haunted house movie. The doors are banging. Oh, is that someone <laughs> in your shadow over there? It's like, I could give a shit. I'm the same way, which is like, even the haunted house ones we've done have honestly been more naughty than that genre. Like, Night of the Demons, I guess I could yeah. say was like a haunted building, but let's be real, it's not. You We're know what I mean? So, like, like yeah, so, is more like monsters in a house. Yeah, so I'm like, let's get some of this in here so we can at least cover some of it. And James Wan is yeah. an interesting career in horror to me. Like, looking at his career is one of the most intriguing directors, to be honest, if you look at his path. Because, you know, started with Saw and, like, the torture porn, then moved on to Conjuring Insidious, so became the big haunted house guy. And now he has reached his peak yes. performance, if you ask me, of batshit insane with Malignant and how it looks like Megan is going to be. Megan looks awesome. It hasn't come out yet as of recording, but I'm excited for it just based on Malignant. Because, like you said, at the beginning of his career, he's doing haunted house movies like you said, he like the first Saul. I think's okay, but it's still not like a favorite of mine. Like the Insidious movies, I've never gone anywhere near. But now that he's done Malignant and Megan looks awesome, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I was hoping to like this more than I did. I will say a good thing right off the bat, just not to bash, 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 because there's like Exorcist stuff going on in it, and since The Exorcist movies have been trying to make it scary again. And especially since the dawn of CGI and, like, this day and age, it just always looks so goofy. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. 
at least this one is decent. They and they play it really smart because for most of it she has a, a blanket over her. So you can't even see the goofy face, you know. Yeah, and honestly it's scarier that way cuz you know yeah. what's what's the saying whatever you can imagine will always be scarier than what's actually put on a screen. No, oh, there's still people that swear that they see the meat hook go through that girl and Texas Chainsaw. Exactly. So, I guess we'll hop into this thing then. Yeah, let's go. So it starts with the Annabelle case in 1968. Now, if you actually want a really cool in-depth like look at the actual Annabelle case itself, there's a podcast that's usually about like cryptids and stuff, but the cryptonauts, they did a series on An- Annabelle that explains it better than I could or we will here. But you oh, get the no. short and sweet of it in the movie. Has Rob like corrupted you? Are you now also listening to the cryptonauts? Oh yeah, I got started listening to it once in a while when he was recommending it. I, I don't listen to every episode, but some of them are really cool. Last podcast on the left for the win. <laughs> I don't think they're similar in the slightest. I know there's like people always say that. I don't think there's the same whatsoever. No, and I've honestly I've never I've listened to like little tiny bits of Kryptonaut stuff, but I've never really dived in, so I can't really say. <laughs> yeah, but they, they do a really good I guess, explanation over a few episodes of the Annabelle case. But the Warrens are there, and they're telling them that they gave the spirit permission to move into the doll. (laughs) No, the the girls say that, who are being haunted by it. And uh, Ed Warren is like, you did what? Like, you're (laughs) kidding, right? That's like the worst thing you could do. Yeah, it does the classic. It moves around when they're gone. There's crayons all over the wall that say, miss me. So they throw it in the dumpster, and then they're sleeping at night, they're fine. A big knock wakes them up, and there's a miss-me note, and we learn that it's an inhuman spirit, so something that was never alive, and it all ends with a film reel, and it's actually the Warrens giving a presentation. Yeah, and I, how they kind of treat, because this takes place in the 70s, yeah. and so it's the old film cameras, they're shooting on like Super 8, basically. And I do like the style that that's in, like how they do that to the film. Um... But there's another part of me where, like, Annabelle shows up, and I'm such a Chucky loyalist, I'm just like, fuck you, other doll. There's only one doll! <laughs> other than the Puppet Master dolls, they're cool too. But there's just Chucky! <laughs> I was gonna say, we could actually go down a list of a ton of killer dolls, but yes, Chucky is yeah. king. Well, it's, that's as soon as I said that. I was like, well, I also still like Blade and, like, the Jester and stuff, so... Them too! <laughs> <laughs> but... So, real quick on the Warrens, I want to make sure I don't go through this episode and not talk about this. Sure. The real-life Warrens, I think, are terrible people. Yes, I've heard that, too. I'm not even going to get into the case. You probably know, if not, you can look it up, about what I'm talking about. But I think they're terrible human beings. The characters of the Warrens that we get in these Conjuring movies, I quite like. They are two separate entities in my head. Yeah, the characters in this movie are likable, but I've also heard that of, like, I think I may have heard that on last podcast on the left, because they deal with supernatural stuff. And every once in a while, they'll bring up the Warrens. It's like, oh yeah, those fuckers. Like, Yeah, they're they're pretty terrible people, but these characters, from now on, like, when I'm talking about the Warrens, I'm talking about Ed and Lorraine fictional Warrens. Yes. So... We get this opening crawl about them, and we cut to 1971, Harrisville, Rhode Island, and of course, it's a haunted house movie, families all moving into their new home, and they're very happy about it, except for the moody teenager. 
It's literally the meme of 150 people have died in this house over the last 200 years. Uh, the white family moving in the next day, and they have all their bags, and they're all happy. We can't wait for our new beginning. Everything will be <laughs> swell from now on, huh, honey? Yes, dear. Exactly. <laughs> but the dog won't come in. That should be your first warning right oh. there. The fact that you see a dog in this movie, I'm like, I already know what they're going to do to the dog. Yeah, I know. I'm not a fan. This, this movie, you know, is not going to hold back. Of They want to do, like, the, oh, we killed a dog. Like, I could see, like, middle schoolers being terrified of this movie. Oh, dude, in the theater, this watch is intense. You know, when you have the lights off, the big surround sound and everything. And I was kind of hoping to get that feeling watching it today. But granted, I watched, I finished up right before we came on. It's still light outside and everything. I'm like, come on, make, make me jump. Come on, do it. Oh, a couple times it made me jump just simply because it's dead quiet and they do like a bah! in the middle. And it's like, yeah, of course that's going to make you jump because there's nothing and then a lot. You're not being scary. It's just a reflex. There is one moment that made me jump very much, which we will get to. But okay. The little girl April finds the music box out by the creepy tree. You should know this tree yeah. is haunted just by looking oh, at it. It looks like the tree from Sleepy Hollow. Yes. <laughs> We're introduced to their favorite game, the daughters. There's like five of them. It's yeah. hide and clap. So it's hide and seek, except you have to yell for a clap and you're blindfolded. They clap so you can kind of Marco Polo hide and seek put together. Pre-internet days. Yes. And during this game, they find a cellar that's been walled off like and hidden. Oh my, okay. I want to talk about this right here. Okay. Because they're playing the hide and clap game, and mom and dad, I do like their characters. The uh, kids, they all have pretty good characters. They're not bad. They're playing this hide and clap game, and mom's like, you shouldn't do that. You don't know the house well enough. And it's like, mom, we're fine. And the one's hiding in the closet, and backs into the wall, and the board just falls off. And then dad comes in to investigate, and he doesn't bring a hammer or a pry bar. bar. He just starts taking the boards off. So they did not nail the boards up to this wall to secure it. They just stacked them there. <laughs> or they just put, like, super loose tack nails in there. He just pulled them off. Let's be real, the little girl backing into it can knock it down. He doesn't need a hammer or a crowbar. I, I rewound and looked. There are not a single nail hole in any of those boards. They were just stacked <laughs> there. So to keep the witch demon in the basement, you did a pretty shitty job. You don't put a crucifix at the top of it or anything? It's not like Prince of Darkness, how they have a thousand of them lining the walls? Exactly. Is this like a landlord's house before this, and they just like put a fresh <laughs> coat of paint over it? They're like, there, demon gone. <laughs> but the dad Amy rent! Brought... <laughs> rent? <laughs> But the dad, Roger, goes downstairs with some matches. You couldn't find mm. a flashlight, dude. But... Also, really quick, this is because there's one, there's two back-to-back -back right here. There's the stupid boards. You yes. have a basement, Greg. I have I a do. basement. Sometimes you go down there, and you have to go into a corner that you always don't go in, that you know it's cobwebby. What do you do? I wave you... my hands around in front of me. Or you grab a broom or a stick or something to wave in front of you. Do you just walk <laughs> face first into all of the cobwebs? No, I, I look like I'm having a little mosh pit down there and knocking them all down. Yeah, you at least get it with your arm. No, he's not attempting to block it at all. He's walking straight into the cobwebs <laughs> and then complains. 
<laughs> he doesn't find anything. He's like, we'll look into it tomorrow. That the next morning, the mom wakes up with bruises all over her. She's like, oh, what did you do to me last night? Because she has a new, pretty big bruise on her. Yeah. He's like, oh, what are they doing? They got a Chris in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but we're introduced to kind of all of our concepts here. Because the mom has a bruise. Andrea, the teenage daughter, says about this gross smell in the middle of the night, but it's gone. All the clocks stopped at 3.07. So here's like most of our themes that we'll play with throughout the whole movie. I do the, love the little exchange because the daughter comes out and is like, Mom, it smelled like rotten flesh in my room last night. And she's like, well, is it gone? She's like, yeah. It's like, well, it took care of itself. And it keeps going downstairs and you see the daughter's like, ugh. I think that is the best like scenario. Like, well, What do you want me to do now? It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Took care of itself. But then at least we get it out of the way early. Little girl April goes outside, finds a dead dog. Yeah, almost immediately, and I'm kind of glad, because I knew it was coming, that they got it out of the way pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. We know what's going to happen, let's get it over with. Yeah. Cut back to Ed Warren, showing off his trophy room, pretty much. Here's all the haunted artifacts that we keep in the house that we live in. It's this, uh, this, like, today's version of this is Zach Baggins. Of Go he on. owns all of the he's like one of those ghost hunter people. I don't watch the show, but it's like ghost adventures or something. But he's famous for buying all of these like haunted and possessed items to have in his collection. He also has like serial killer stuff and whatnot. I think he has like uh Ed Gein's mom's cross or something, you know. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's pretty much like, like that. Collects that kind of stuff. They just keep this in here, and they say, well, once a month, a priest comes by to bless it and everything, because they'd rather yeah. keep it here than have it out in the world. Yeah, this, whoever the priest is, they're probably, because, you know, he's not going to want to come out there for free. Oh, they say they'll come out for free, but they're going to expect you to show up on Sunday and put some shit in that plate. But no, I'm sure he is well compensated for his work. Oh, Yes. That night, one of the girls is in bed, and her blanket is pulled off, and it's like, stop grabbing my foot. And the girl in the other bed goes, stop farting! <laughs> yeah. I'm so immature, I'm still laughing at that line, I don't know why. Well, just farting and beds, I just think of that awesome story Terry Susan Smith told us about basketball. Exactly. <laughs> the dad in the living room is woken up by TV static, the TV turns on on its own, and then a door opens on its own. Then Andrea comes down to get the dad because the sister's sleepwalking, and she's just smacking her head off a dresser in her rhythm. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, it's like a wardrobe cabinet that was there when they bought the house, and like, yeah, she's banging her head off of it. And they yeah. do mention the thing of don't w uh, wake up a sleepwalker, just put him back to bed. The next morning, most of the kids go to school, except for April, the youngest one, is home with the mom while the dad's at work. And she comes in and hears her talking to someone. Like, what are you doing? She goes, talking to Rory. She thinks it's her imaginary oh, friend. God. This is how you have to talk to him. And there's this music box with a mirror that spins around. And he goes, he'll appear over your shoulder here. And there's no kid there, really. No. And it's also the thing. Uh, then she wants to play the hide and clap game. And mom's like, oh, come on. I have so much to do right now. It's like, I never get to play. It's like, okay. They're also doing this on the second floor. Yes. <laughs> I thought immediately, because I haven't seen this movie for a minute. I was like, Mom's going down the stairs or over the railing. I thought so, for sure. But they're playing, and 
mom's like, clap. And she goes into the bedroom with the creepy dresser. And she goes, clap again. And you see hands reach out of the dresser and clap. Yeah. And she goes, she's right at the dresser. And the little girl comes around and goes, you weren't even close. I was downstairs. So demons clapping from in the closet. Yeah, and mom looks all through the closet and doesn't see anything. But so many times in these haunted house movies, like you heard clapping in that room. But then they just go, huh, that was weird. Anyway, back to making breakfast. La 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 la. What else are you going to do, though? (laughs) I don't know. Not just act like nothing happened. Leave. (laughs) Uh, Christine, the other daughter, that night's leg is pulled while she's sleeping again. She looks under her bed as the other sister wakes up. And she's like, do you see it? And Christine says she sees something looking right at them by the door. The other girl goes over there, she's like, it's right behind you, and the door slams, and they both scream. The whole family runs in, and she's like, it said that it wants my family dead! I mean, the part where she's laying in bed, and she gets pulled, and you see that there's, like, nothing there for sure, because they do, like, a wide shot, that's kind of cool. And then when she's looking under the bed, and see she's the door moving from under the bed, that's kind of cool, but once again, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, it's haunted house things. Yeah, which... What most of them are is what our next scene is, because the Warrens are checking out a call for a creepy house, but it's just leaky pipes, and which is what, dude, I feel like people are like, oh yeah, most investigations are just that. I don't think that does it justice. It's like 99.999% of them are something with the house. Maybe once in a while we have something unexplained. And I love that they actually do put that in there, that the Warrens go and investigate, and they immediately are like, okay, well, this is what happens. The draft comes through here and your floorboards expand and whatnot. And then they tracked and it makes this noise. That's what it is. They're like, oh, that's so we're not haunted. It's like most of the time it isn't. It's pretty nice that they put that in there. It's not like every time the Warrens get called out, it's like, we got one. And it's the Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's funny because the trophy room reminded me of like a poor man's ghost containment unit from Ghostbusters. Yeah. We just, it's not in, like, this high-tech, like, containment unit. It's behind lock and key in a door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at night sometime, Carolyn, the mom, hears someone walking around. She thinks it's one of the daughters, but they're all in bed. And all the pictures fall off the wall in the hallway. Somehow doesn't wake anyone else up. They're the most sound sleepers in the world. Yeah, when all their doors are open. And right there. Yes. But the mom here is clapping. She thinks it's one of the daughters still, I think. And the basement door just opens. She dumbly takes a step in and the door slams shut, of course, knocking her down all the steps. And she looks up and the light bulb breaks. And this is where we have what I would say is probably the most memorable scene from this movie. Yeah, and that's saying something of this, like, (laughs) Shudder just did, like, the 101 scariest movie moments of all time. And it's like, this was in, like, the top 30 or something. And I was like, bullshit. I want to know who got scared of this that's over the age of 13. Oh, me when I saw in theaters. This made me jump. Yeah. (laughs) I was over the age of 13. Was it that or the loud noise that made you jump? I don't know. Probably yeah. more the noise. Yeah, intern Corey was with me. We had a couple of friends there. Oh. Yeah, it made me jump. But, so what this scene is, is she's at back, crawls back up to the top of the steps, and she has the matches, and hands reach out and clap right next to her head, pretty much. Spooky ghost! <laughs> then upstairs at this time, she's stuck in the basement, she can't get out. The 
one daughter's headbutting the dresser again. The other one gets up and puts her back to bed like she saw the dad do earlier. And then the dresser starts thumping back. Yeah, where the it starts doing like the little like open close, open close type thing. Yeah, and the fucking demon just appears on oh. the top of the dresser staring oh down at him. God. <laughs> and jumps down on him like he's doing a top rope double axe handle to him. And they're screaming. And right then, so the dad's coming home from work at night and comes running into this madness. He has to be like, I'm never leaving again. Yeah. Well, once again, I could see James Wan being like, oh, this is the moment. This is the one where everyone's going to lose their mind. And I saw it as like, it's, it's a person in a Halloween mask sitting on top of a dresser. <laughs> you really don't like this one, do you? It's okay. There's parts that are okay, but most of it, especially this beginning part, once the Warrens get to the house and like, Later, it gets dumb again, but when they're setting up the stuff and whatnot, that's pretty cool. But this part the investigation's like, really fun, yeah. Um, okay, yep. Scary ghost, go boo. <laughs> but we cut to the Warrens doing a presentation on a possessed guy, and he's crying blood, and an upside-down cross appears on his side. I'm like, this movie looks wild. Why aren't we watching this? Yeah, that looks a lot better. And they talk about the three steps, infestation, oppression, and possession. And Carolyn is there at their presentation. She meets them after the whole ordeal and gets them to come to the house. At first, they're not really going to, and she plays the you-have-a-daughter card, and Lorraine feels bad and does. Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. (laughs) (laughs) The Warrens are looking around in the cellar. Lorraine's like, something awful happened here. And they're also using a tape recorder to interview them, just so they get all the story and everything. Right, they're like, start from the very beginning, when did this happen? It's like, the second we walked inside the door. (laughs) Just editing note, why wouldn't that be your opening scene? Them with the tape recorder, and then we witness it all, and then it brings us back to this point. Just saying, that's a nice way to start your movie and wrap it back around. I almost feel like that would have been even more cliche than it already is. Let me have my cliche. I like it. I enjoy it. Okay. The Iron Man opening, how it starts with him getting blown up, and then we find out how we got there. Yeah. Whenever that happens in a movie, I feel like, okay, the setup is cool, but there's no stakes at all, because you know that they're alive up until at least this part. Oh, yeah, but there's still a good bit of movie afterwards. Yeah, but then you're like, okay, they're not going to kill the person if they did all this. You're on Team James Wan, not Craig of the Dead here. Okay, fine. (laughs) For Malignant, not for this. (laughs) (laughs) Lorraine's asking Alice about Rory, and she does the music box thing, and sees the little evil pilgrim boy behind her in the mirror this time. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, where Ed doesn't want Lorraine to go and whatnot, because she had a lot taken out of her the last time they went on like a big job. Yeah, exactly, and something went wrong. It was the possession one, we'll find out, that we saw in the presentation. And outside of the house, Lorraine's standing by the clearly haunted tree, like we said, and she sees the hanging corpse when she's talking to Ed right there. I do like the sound effect they use for it, though. Oh, yeah, the creaking's kind of cool. It's a cool visual. Like, as a picture, it's cool, but in a movie, it's just kind of like... Because it cuts to, like, her point of view, and the legs are just dangling behind him, and you're like, okay, yeah, it's spooky ghost. And then she almost faints, and Ed's back inside. He suggests cleansing the house by an exorcist, something I did not know was a thing. I don't know if it is a thing, but you can have 
and exorcists do the house too, not just people? I know an exorcist. So I you could do. possibly ask him. I mean, why didn't you do that? We could have got a first-hand info on this. Well, I have Father Lance's number, but it's been a number of years since the first <laughs> time we first and only time we met at a bar. <laughs> but the Warren's told them that moving won't help, and they give this analogy of being haunted is like stepping on gum. You just take it with you. Which is actually I like that little like, because I'm searching for things to like in this, because I don't want to just hate everything. That I did enjoy as an analogy of like, oh yeah, it's like stepping in gum. You can't just leave, you know. Yeah, and they'll say the church has to approve the exorcism, so we're going to come back and get some evidence later. Back at the Warren house that night, they're playing the tapes, and Lorraine has found the house history, and so there's a lot of stuff going on in this single house. This seven-day-old baby was sacrificed by a woman who was possessed by a witch, and who cursed anyone that tries to take her land, as she um, proclaimed her love for Satan and hung herself, pronounced dead at 3.07 a.m. Now, I will say, I do remember in the theaters, I just put the horns up at this moment. Yes. Satan! <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's also, did they say something in there about it being, like, she's one of the Salem witch trial witches? Yes. Okay. Um, but then the tape just clicks on and starts playing on its own, and now we get all the demon sounds. Yeah, and then they look up, and they're like, what time is it? 3.07? The investigation team the next day is moving and setting up. I feel like this needs, like, an 80s pop song montage behind it. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna need a montage, montage, exactly. even Rocky had a montage. The door to the basement at one point opens up, they go downstairs, and they're walking around blessing stuff, setting up, taking pictures, nothing too much happens. At night, they're like, what time is it? It's 3.08. Oh, maybe it's done already. Yeah, spooky knows come, no come tonight. Yeah, their presence must have got rid of it. Breakfast the next morning, until the parents get some sleep, we'll help around the house. Lorraine's outside, folding some, taking some sheets off the clothesline. This scene I love. I think this is really smart, and it reminds me of Halloween, too. But Yeah, this is interesting. Also, the Warrens just, they have a daughter of their own in their own house, but they just move in with this family now is the thing, because they're having, like, breakfast with them. The one daughter, like, brings them, like, pancakes, and it's like, thank you! Like, he's, uh, Ed's fixing the old Chevy in the backyard. <laughs> I guess, like, because it's such a serious thing, like, we're gonna stay here the whole time. Like, he walks up, he's like, her name's Christine. <laughs> <laughs> but this laundry scene, so, uh, Big storm rolls in, like, dark clouds, super high wind, yeah. and it pulls one of the sheets out of her hands, and it just, like, sticks around a figure, like there's someone standing right there, only for a second, and then blows up towards the window, which you see, like, the demon girl thing standing in the window. I think where it gets stuck around the figure is awesome, though. I love that part. That part is cool, when it gets stuck around the figure, but then when it has to so, like, point the viewer like this is now where you look to like the sheet goes to the window and sticks there for a while then it goes away and then the demon shows up it's like oh it would have been scarier if it was just a thing it disappeared and they don't even try to focus in on it you just see a figure in the window do the hereditary type thing yeah I, i'll agree it goes on too much like you cut a step or two out of there it would have like, been a little tighter Wait a minute, what are they doing? Is the sheet alive? <gasps> no, it's a spooky ghost! 
Um, Ed and Roger working on the car, and this is where we get the flashback to the exorcism we saw earlier, and she's talking about how Lorraine was traumatized and after didn't like come out of her room for eight days. Yeah, and Ed's like, I won't even ask her what she saw, because I'm terrified to know. <laughs> uh, that night, there's a cop on this investigation team with him. He goes to get some coffee. He sees the rocking chair outside moving, and he hears this whisper that goes, Look what she made me do. And like, oh, that's weird. I love that he locks the door for the ghost. That was a fun touch. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> this one is weird. Of Yeah, it's like, was it a ghost of a maid? Yes. It, looked like, it looks like she was in a maid uniform. Um, but she had her wrist slit, and it's just like, look what she made me do. Then it's the big, look what she made me do! Like, all in your face. It's like, yes, flashy lights! That's the one, Brit. It makes me jump the most. Oh, <laughs> really? Around, that one makes me jump so fucking high. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, it's just instinctive. But so quiet right. and everything, and then it just runs directly at camera. Like, it's the cheapest kind of scare. Oh, yeah, it's the cat and alien. Yeah. Um, Sydney's sleepwalking again, but they're like, wait, someone's with her, because the camera goes off, it's supposed to, when there's a big drop in temperature. She goes into the room, and someone's in there with her, because they have the whole house mic'd, and the voice goes, follow me this way, this is where I hide, and they, they're trying to get in the room, though, it's stuck shut because of demon powers, they finally break in, but she's gone. Yeah, she's gone, and they uh, bring in the cool UV light that they set up earlier. And I love it because I think it's Ed is like, go grab the UV light to the all, to the cop. And the cop's like, the what? It's like, just tell my assistant. And the cop goes downstairs. It's like, I need a UV light. <laughs> Do they get it? They find like where she went, and there's a secret door behind the dresser that goes into the wall. I want to ask you real quick. Yeah, because they find Alice in there in like, a corner tucked away. It's like they take the uh, panel off the back of the uh, wardrobe and there's a hole in the wall and she's like basically inside the wall. Yeah. Um, are these ghosts good? Like the there's the little kid one, there's the maid and stuff. Are they just trying to warn them but they're stuck there and the witch is the only bad one or are these ones in cahoots? That is a good question that I was trying to figure out watching it as well. I think Rory might be good, the little pilgrim boy. Yeah. I don't know He though. just wants to play. Maybe they're corrupted spirits by the demon? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm not exact, because I'm not sure if they're supposed to be, like, at this part especially, of, like, this is where we hide. Like, I will hide you in here away from her. Or yeah. is it they're trying to unlock more stuff? Because this is when uh, Lorraine actually goes into the little crawl space. It's like, give me the music box that has the mirror in it that shows the pilgrim ghost. And she puts it in the dust thing that's, like, right there, because he has all of his, like, old wooden toys in this wall. And then she falls from, like, the second oh, wait, floor wait. all the way to she the She finds base. the noose. Oh, she also finds the noose. That's right. Why yeah. was that in the wall? Why is that that's, there? That's blowing my mind, too. I just wanted to make sure we didn't gloss over that. Because when did she hang herself? The 1800s? Yes, that's some good rope. That's some really good rope, and I think they would have just cut her down off the tree and, like, burnt that or just buried it with the body or who put it in the wall <laughs> the little pilgrim boy i don't know oh, oh that's another thing earlier when we were talking about when the basement's boarded off and they go down there and the dad's like here's the furnace it's like wait a minute so this furnace has never <laughs> been serviced ever like no. 
It's just, how did that make no sense? That's a giant plot hole. Of and the if, furnace they, if they didn't the know it was there. <laughs> no, so you just don't think you have a furnace? <laughs> it's just, there's just no heat. <laughs> you pray every day and then heat happens. <laughs> just, I didn't think of that the whole time. The furnace oh. is in the basement that they didn't know existed. Because Dad even mentions a couple times of like, it's really cold in the house, but I've been looking at the furnace. There's nothing wrong with it. It's like, that is just, that's the immediate thing I thought of when they was like, I found a furnace. It's like, wait a minute. I live in a home. <laughs> I know you have to be able to get to your furnace. There's a filter in there you need to change. <laughs> but Lorraine falls through the walls down to the basement. I feel like the basement would be the first place you check. But Ed just goes yeah. starts knocking on all the walls. Lorraine! Like she's going to burst out of the drywall. But Where'd no, she, she go? Maybe she went to Oz. She, click your heels three times. <laughs> but there's the hanging ghost scares her there. And then she runs up the steps, was choked by her necklace, and it gets ripped off of her. And she comes up there, she's like, she possessed the mother to kill the child. She finally figures it out. Oh, because she also sees fat ghost over child ghost. And she's like, she made me do it. And then Lorraine turns around and the ghost is right there in her face once again. It's like, she made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> but back upstairs, this little cross that sets up falls down, and then Nancy's hair starts getting lifted up, and it reminds me of It Follows, just not as cool, but then she's yeah. pulled around by her hair and saved by a haircut. Yeah, they grab the scissors and cut her hair. It just, and I think this is like the teenage daughter, so I could think her, like, by... In my thought process, her first thought is, Not my hair! Like, I work all day on that! <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I was at my cousin's birthday party, uh, and she leaned over the cake, like, when everyone was singing oh, and everything, no. and her hair caught on fire, and yeah. my mom reached over, like, put it out, like, grabbed her hair and everything, and then my cousin was mad at my mom, thinking she lit her hair on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, next morning, Lorraine hears a voice from the lake, and she goes to the lake and sees her daughter floating in the water, and she gets all panicked, and she calls, mm. and of course her daughter's fine, but she thinks it was a warning of some sort. This was set up earlier, because the daughter of the Warns is like, I miss you guys so much, you're always gone. Here's a locket with my picture in it, just in case you forget what I look like. I also have a locket, so if I have my locket on, um, and you have yours, we're connected. And when Lorraine was running out of the basement this last time, the ghost grabbed the locket, and then it's still in the basement. Yes. Yeah, go see your kids once in a while, Tom Brady. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, set up as, like, a connection type thing of that. Of that's how the ghost is now uh, doing spooky things to the Warren's daughter. Yeah. But the family's staying at a motel for now, and there's a priest reviewing the footage, and it's like, approval would have to come straight from the Vatican, because the... Oh. Children aren't baptized, and the family aren't members of the church. Fuck your politics, dude. Go save this family. Well, they don't give me $5 on Sunday. So, <laughs> no, they can burn in hell. Because then the Warrens convince him, and he's like, okay, I'll do it. Because so, I'll put it through myself to them. It still has to get approved, but he'll expedite the process. So it's up to you. What I would think if, like, if God was up there looking down, he would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Just because they didn't give you $20 or they're brand new to the town. You don't know that they might not show up. Isn't the godly thing to do to help your neighbor? Like, 
What the yeah, fuck? You, you would think so. But the Warren daughter is sleeping, and her necklace is hanging on her nightstand, and it starts shaking like someone's grabbing it, and then it cuts to the one in the basement still, and it's doing the same thing. And the clock right. stops at 3.07, and she gets up looking for her parents, and the haunted room, this, the trophy room's door is open, and Annabelle's gone. And she walks into another room, and there's the ghost just brushing Annabelle's hair, and the doll just turns and creakily looks at her, and of course she starts screaming, banging on the door, but she's stuck. Right then the Warrens come home, they get the door open right as the rocking chair flies and breaks right at the door, and Annabelle's in the case. Look, this whole based on true story of it all with this part, I feel like that's a daughter's nightmare. Even if I can say I believe the whole rest of the Conjuring thing, that one, no way then. If the doll doesn't teleport, that's the a kid's nightmare. The daughter knows that you have spooky things locked in this room and is of that age of you they're starting to have nightmares about it because they know like scary things exist. Yes, exactly. It's like she's raised around this stuff. She's gonna have weird dreams about it. And she was even being weird at the beginning when they were doing the interview at the beginning of the movie in the creepy room, and Ed's like Honey, you know you can't be in here. You didn't touch anything, right? It's like, no. And she just kept doing that creepy look into the room. It's like, that's going to come back. Yeah. Roger goes back to the motel, the dad, and he learns the mom left with two daughters. Mom got real weird and took off with them. So he calls the Warrens, and the Warrens and Roger are all going back to the house. Um, I like that the Warrens get a police escort. Yeah, that was funny. This reminds me of that episode of South Park when um, Butter's mom finds out that Butter's dad is cheating on her and she goes insane and like goes to drive um, Butter's in the car and drown him in the lake. How she's acting, especially when like she's in the car and stuff, because <laughs> the entire yeah. time Butter's is going on and on like, oh, swell, mom. Hey, mom, I think we we went to the river. It's getting kind of wet in here. It's- <laughs> okay, well, I guess you're going home. Bye now. <laughs> oh no, it's it sure is getting wet. That's all I thought about. <laughs> they get there, and the mom is about to stab the kid in the basement, and they grab her, break it up. They start taking her out of the house to get her to the priest, but her skin starts <laughs> burning like a vampire the second she crosses a threshold. It's so funny. They grab her, like, like we gotta get her to the priest. <laughs> Can you imagine me, this priest? The wards just show up like, Delivery! <laughs> the screaming, oh. murdery woman. It's like Vincent in Pulp Fiction when he shows up on his drug dealer's uh, front yard with the girl that's ODing. It's like, you gotta help her. I'm thinking again, Ghostbusters, The Conjuring really kind of ripped off. Picking up or dropping off, and they just drop her off? Yeah. But nope, they can't take her out of the house, it'll kill her, and she's pulled back into the basement, they go down and the mom's just has superpowers and is fighting everybody, but they put a sheet over her head and they tie her to a chair, and Ed's gonna do the exorcism himself. Look, there's a lot going on here, but the thing is, at the end of the day, it's an exorcism scene, so you guys know what happens in these. Exactly. Oh, real quick too, the cop runs downstairs with his shotgun. And then you see him put his shotgun down, and then the scene cuts. So you know that's important. (laughs) Yes, that's going to come back. But But as for, like I said before, like the exorcism of Emily Rose, I remember in like middle school, I think. Yeah, it must have been middle school. I saw that. We were about middle school when that came out. With the girl I was dating then, and she bought it. And then we watched it when we got home. And I was just like, she was like. I love that so much. It's so great. And I was like, 
that sucked. So even then, I was just like, I don't even care that like I'm middle school. You're trying to get a kiss. I'll uh, forego that kiss. I'm not going to say this movie is good. It's really bad. <laughs> Because there's the one scene where she's possessed in that, and she has, like, the funny face on, but it's supposed to be creepy. And it's just like, no. That one is pretty bad. But, like we said, at least this one, they throw the sheet over her, and it's the white sheet which comes into play later in a pretty cool scene. But for the most part, you don't see the demon witch face, which I like. But all of this flock of crows starts circling the house, which is pretty cool, very metal feeling. And then blood shows up on the sheet. She's like spitting up blood and everything. And well, she starts floating. Eddie <laughs> Munson. Eddie Munson is on top of the house with his electric guitar playing some master of puppets. Pretty birds much. circling them. But she starts floating, and then the chair goes upside down on the ceiling, and eventually she breaks free and goes after the daughter who crawled into the hole in the wall from Lorraine. She starts crawling after her like a monster. (laughs) Well, this part, because two seconds earlier, they're like, she broke free from the chair, grab her so she doesn't get away. And then that's, I think, when uh, a thing almost falls on Ed, and then the shotgun gets shot like by spooky ghost entity and then everyone just forgets to hold on to the possessed lady because all of a sudden she just scurries away and everyone looks is like oh no i think she she looks good here too like the effect on her face is pretty creepy looking it's not horrible it's not the best it's not the worst it's all right no but i think it's good like all like she looks like she's dying well, and I like the switch back and forth of, like, it's the witch's face, then the mom's face, then, like, a mixture yeah. of the two, and that's kind of cool. But, yeah, she's scurrying through the, like, innards of the house after the daughter, and the one guy is, like, poked a hole in the floor with a crowbar. Lorraine oh, reaches yeah. through and touches her head and, like, talks about how much you love your family, remember? You told me. and Remember the beach! The- yes. And it works, because <laughs> morning comes, and all is well. Remember the horribly photoshopped-looking picture that you have hanging in your living room? And Dude, the that looked day? like the most not-from-the-60s well, picture I have ever seen. It's like that episode of Seinfeld when George goes to get the job, and he sees himself in the background of this boss's picture at the beach. Yes. And he steals <laughs> it to have him so photoshopped out of it, and they photoshop the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, they touch her head, and it works, and all is well in the morning, and the Warrens go home, the family is happily ever after, and they have a new addition for their collection. They put the music box in there. Oh, which you see, they bring in the music box, and they, like, shove aside, like, a genie lamp-looking thing and put the music box there. I could imagine the genie lamp demon being like, what the fuck? I was middle (laughs) shelf, now I'm to the right? Like, I've been demoted? Like, this is gonna get us a movie. Relax, Genie Lamp. It gets, like, shoved beside another, like, possessed thing, but it's kind of the other possessed thing's annoying. It's like, hi, my name's Bob. What do you like? Do you like cheese? I like cheese. It's like, oh no, this is eternity. (laughs) What's your thing? You're a lamp, huh? I've never been a lamp. I would like to be a lamp. (laughs) But the next morning... Oh, next morning sorry fuck that um also we find out the vatican has approved the exorcism here oh yeah a day late 
Yes. And they even make and the it, comment of, like, perfect timing. The box starts playing, and there's no Rory in it, so I guess everything worked. Okay, I want to, real quick, I don't know if you know either, but when they go, we have to ask the Vatican, does it go to the Pope? And the Pope is like, stamp, approved. Or is there no. a council? Like, Yeah, there's, it's like a government. Yes, there is multiple people who are in charge of different things at the Vatican. It would not go directly to the Pope. Okay, I just think of, once again, I think of South Park and how they portrayed the Pope of, like, the little old man that just goes like... (laughs) And he's like, okay, he spit on it. It's approved. But yeah, that's The Conjuring. Yeah, I mean, as much as I don't like Haunted House movies, this is definitely not the worst one. There's a lot of cliches in it and whatnot, and a lot of things you see over and over and over again these type of movies, but they do new things as well, and old things interestingly, so. There are, and I had to take a step back and look at it this way, I'm like, there are a lot of cliches in here, but I'm like, I'm sure people who don't like the style of horror I like, if they watch some of my favorite slashers, they would come out thinking the exact same thing, so I'm like, you know what, I get it, you know? They're like, so yeah, (laughs) every slasher movie's the same. (laughs) Yeah, so I can't even fault it for that, so like, as far as like, haunting movies go, I think this one's really good, actually, it's just... Not my preferred style of horror, but, you know, yeah. I think it's very good. Yeah, it's not bad. Alright, you want to get into Count of the Dead? Let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, it's Robin Horror Count of the Dead, where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with The Conjuring? Um. Feel free to ask any questions. I was going to say, I guess we don't count the ghosts, because we didn't see them get killed. There you go, that's the difference maker. So, zero? Correct. Okay, so there's no death in this movie, okay. <laughs> I mean, there is, but not that we see on screen, yes. Yeah, but no one gets killed. Because he lost the corpses, but no deaths. It's a horrible ghost. It didn't do what it was supposed to. The Lords of Salem witches are like, you're a terrible witch. That's why you're in Rhode Island. You're not even in Massachusetts. <laughs> I thought we'd see it with the exorcism flashback thing, mm-hmm. but no, we didn't see it there. No. That's great. Scout of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. And I think it's fitting because of, and we've mentioned it in this episode, of James Wan has had such a varied horror career. Yes. So I'm going to go James Wan movies. Okay. So a number one James Wan movie, the worst kind of James Wan movie, in my own opinion, is going to be like The Nun, because the parts of it that I remember seeing, I was like, this is extremely boring. I don't get why this is a thing. The only reason it's a thing is because like, ooh, creepy nun. Like, that's cool, but eh. I will say he did not direct The Nun. I just looked this up. Oh, okay. Well, it's part of his universe. Okay, yeah, he is credited as a story writer for, for it. Yes, okay. see? He was part of it. Um, A number 10 James Wan movie, the best kind, is of course Malignant, because that is the James Wan that I like. 100%, we will hear no opposition to this. I am still looking forward to uh, Malignant 8, Gabriel Takes Manhattan. Hell yes. I hope or we when get he a goes to space. Yes. Or when he goes versus Basket Case, like an old Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. 
honestly, look, I know, I know I'm just getting excited for this movie. What if we end up getting to the point where, now that he's in his batshit phase, we get Gabriel versus Megan? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. I, I just that. want this to go full on batshit, please. Because just by the little bit of trailers I've seen by Megan, that's pretty good. Yeah, it looks more it looks art good. style, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to give The Conjuring four James Wan projects out of ten. It's not horrible. It's pretty good as far as haunted house movies go, I guess. But just being a haunted house movie, I'm not a fan really of that genre. So I would say it's you should watch it at least once. It's not definitely the worst haunted house movie or possession movie there is. Like like I said, ever since The Exorcist, they've been trying to do a cool exorcist scene again. And it's really hard to do it again. Because that's like yeah. the cream of the crop. And this one isn't horrible. It's cool because like, oh, this is what I forgot too. When she has the blanket over her head and she like throws up the blood and it just shows up red on the white sheet. That's cool looking, you know. Yeah. But I would say worth one watch at least. Okay. I went a little higher than you. I went six and a half. Okay. I think this is like one of the better of these genre movies for sure. I see what they're doing. I enjoyed it. Is it something I will watch again? Probably not after this for a long time because I no. haven't seen it since 2013. And I didn't mind watching it at all. Enjoyed myself. I had, I'm like, okay. It did it very well. It doesn't mean I feel like going back to it again after this. No, this isn't going to be a basket case where I watch it weekly. No. But yeah, no. Good overall. I see why it spawned a franchise. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, I it doesn't make me interested in, in any of the other ones, like Conjuring 2 or any of the Annabelle things or whatever, but this one's all right. Yeah. And I think that wraps it up. <laughs> yeah, that's it for uh, Conjuring, then, I guess. So we hope that the Conjuring has left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes our show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul!